that will be a testament of your faithfulness. And um, my shins this morning were fine on my run, first time since January that I've been able to run. So, um, yeah, just a reminder and an encouragement that God works and it's in his timing. Well, first, I just want to introduce myself. Um, I've been coming to Glendale for 18 years, but some of you might not know me. Um, So I'm Asher. Um, I'm at uni at the moment studying economics. Um, So I've not been around much in the last two years, but um, many of you will know me from when I was, like, very little. Um, I was around for the Glendale St. Bart's Days and Glendale's um, Park House Days. Janet's nodding. Janet, do you remember the manor? I do remember the manor. What was the manor? That's right. Well, um, that's a memory from long ago for me because that was paper airplane material back in the day. Um, but even further back, um, in um, Exodus 16, um, the Lord is providing manna in the world. This is my first segue. When Janet was young. You may remember this. Um, they didn't trust that the Lord had provided enough manna for each day, so they would go out and try and collect more than they needed. Um, Surely something like that wouldn't happen today. Surely we wouldn't be so um, greedy and untrusting in the Lord's provision. Um, Who's that? (laughs) Um, But if you think back to March 2020 and the great toilet roll shortage, you may realise that actually this um, instinct of ours to grasp is actually still very much um, alive and well today. Um, And as people are clamouring for the last toilet roll at the checkout, um, last hand sanitizer, whatever it was. Um, even in our government, there was greed going on. And it continues today. We think of um, the war in Ukraine or anyone who lives um, in shared accommodation, students and things, will know that sometimes stuff does just go missing from the fridge that you've bought. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. I actually changed my kind of opening analogy to the toilet roll thing, but when I shared this at uni... Um, a lot of my friends knew about my J2O, um, I won't say addiction, but it's my favourite drink. Um, and one of them went, went missing, so that was, my, that was my analogy. But yeah, so sometimes um, people are greedy and grasping, and um, that's kind of what I want to talk about. Um, but actually, in a way, I'm also the worst for it, because um, I was at New Wine last week, and someone behind me in a queue for food um, had their car decline. Um, and the friend I was with... Well, she offered to pay for their food, but that wouldn't occur to me. And I don't know, for some people, maybe there's something else that you go, well, actually, yeah, I kind of have this instinct as well. This is going to fall over. I don't know. Is this the right way? No, the top one. Top one. See if it continues. So I think in a way we're all like the Israelites in the wilderness, collecting extra food and grasping out for things that we don't trust the Lord to provide. Grasping is what Adam and Eve will do in the garden. It's, it's our sin, it's our taking, because we don't trust God. I'm just going to read out the passage for this evening, so if we can have that on the screen. I'm reading from Philippians 2, 5 to 11. Oh, that's not it. 
Okay. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, or did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledged that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the one person who definitely wouldn't panic by is Jesus. Jesus is the only one who wouldn't grasp. Instead, he gives. In a world of grasping, Jesus has utterly given everything. If there's one thing to take away from this evening, um, practically, for you guys, it's this. Verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Paul is inviting us to become more like Jesus, adopting his mindset and giving sacrificially of ourselves to others. This is more than just financial giving. This is giving time or energy or our love to other people. Um, and this is all because of who Jesus is and what he's done. So would you pray with me as we start? Lord, help us to deepen our understanding and our walk with you. Help me to faithfully communicate your word and help us to joyfully respond to your call to give of ourselves as did Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So um, I have three um, kind of main points for the evening. Um, Jesus is surprising, Jesus is needed, and Jesus is calling. Does that sound all right? So, number one, Jesus is surprising. Um, I'm going to read through verse 6 to 8 again. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So let's start with being in very nature God. What does it mean in this first century context for Jesus um, to take on that nature? What does a first century Jew take that to mean? The Old Testament God that this is drawing from was the God of works of salvation. This is moments like the Red Sea, where the sea is parted. This is moments like when the um, exiles are brought back to Jerusalem. This is God closing the mouths of the lions to save Daniel while also being present with Daniel's friends in the fire. And Jesus does this too. The cross is absolutely a work of salvation. But to understand why we need to give like Jesus, we need to see the cross also as an act of self-sacrifice. And that's the surprise. It's surprising because it was shocking and actually completely without precedent for a first century Jew who would have expected the Messiah to be a great military leader based on the God of the Old Testament, which he was a god of war and military power, among other things. It was surprising for that god to come onto the earth and make himself nothing and become obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. Jesus went from equality with God, he did not consider equality with God, and he became a refuge, refugee and a fugitive in Egypt, and then he went to the grave. Before Jesus, humility just meant a weakness. It was a word of negative connotations, and it was certainly not a word used for a God. There's no way that the Messiah, this military liberator, would be humble. And yet from the start, Jesus was humble. And set in that context, the cross is mind-blowing. That he would sacrifice himself for the sins of the world. And in doing so, be glorified. Power in the kingdom of God is upside down. But as shocking as that is, Paul reassures us that it's not outside of the established character of God. Because the prerequisite for the entire poem is that Jesus is in very nature God. Paul's communicating that for Jesus to step down from the right hand of the Father was nevertheless consistent with that Father's characteristics. Jesus' self-sacrifice reveals the heart of God. Jesus unifies the various characteristics of the Old Testament God, his holiness, but his desire to bring the people to himself, and his considerable mercy alongside the need for justice. So for the first time, God is given of himself by giving his life. He'd never stepped down to be human, and much less had he given up his life. This sacrifice has no obvious biblical precedent. It was not expected in any way. But as a caveat, note that this is not some kind of midlife crisis or character development of God. This is not 39 books of one God and then he changes in some meaningful way. Jesus is God saying, see, I'm doing a new thing. Not see, I'm becoming a different God. Jesus' self-sacrifice is a deeper revelation of the unchanging nature of God. It's like in Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back. So Darth Vader was about to kill Luke Skywalker, but what does he say? What's the revelation? I'm your father, say it. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) He reveals that he's Luke's father. And this twist was known only to four people before the film was released. Not even the person who was playing Darth Vader in the film. They dubbed over his voice with someone else. So it was a big, like secret and a surprise and a twist but surprising as it was Darth Vader was always Luke's father we just didn't know it yet and in the same way God would always have given up his life it just didn't happen in the Old Testament it's crucial to understand that this is a deeper revelation of God not a change in his nature it's a revelation it's not a change God revealing himself through Jesus in a new way Let's carry on. Verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is exalted not because he toppled Rome like they thought, he's exalted because he served. In his own words, for those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus' glory was in his service, because power in the kingdom is upside down. 
And how should that affect us? We know that we should seek to imitate Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, and his glory was in his death, are being transformed into his image. We were made in the garden to bear the image of God. We do so by contemplating his death. And while we cannot imitate the saviour of the universe side of God, the sort of newly revealed giver of self side is fair game. It's well worth imitating. By humility and sacrifice, we can participate with the cross. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. This is the path to exaltation in the kingdom of God. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. The revelation of a self-sacrificial God should motivate us to give like Jesus. How are we doing? Good. I've noticed Steve's got onto the youth row or the young people row. So, my second point, Jesus is needed. Why did Jesus have to give up his life? Um, there's many reasons, but I'd like to focus on our tendency to sin, um, specifically to grasp. What is the fall except the first act of theft? Influenced by a serpent in the Garden of Eden, the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it. She took the fruit of the tree, and that's how the sin starts. The woman would later be called Eve, which just means living, and all living beings that she's the mother of are blemished by this sin. Grasping out for what we don't trust the Lord to provide. This is just one aspect of our sin, but it's representative of all human failings. Cain takes the life of his brother and in doing so takes the power of life and death from God. Jacob takes the birthright from his brother Esau. This taking is more than murder and theft. We sin whenever we appropriate or take or grasp for ourselves the right to live and define ourselves how we want to outside of the will of God. Since the fall, our heart posture towards God has been greed. God says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And then we take it. God says, don't take the life of your brother, Abel. And then Cain says, never mind, I'll take that. We might say, or God might say, don't take loads of toilet roll, other people might need it. And then we take that because we are worried there won't be enough. God says, don't use your freedom to sleep around or hurt others or lie or idolise work and money. And we take the liberty to do those things. That's disobedience and that's sin. It's reckless theft against the creator of the universe. So what could atone for our sin but returning something to the Lord? Starting with the Passover lamb and then continuing through the kind of Levitical um, sacrifice system, there's a clear need for sacrifice. And this continues until Jesus gives up his throne in heaven and then gives his life on the cross to eliminate our sin permanently. The ESV version um, of verse 6 in the passage says, Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. 
So Adam, Eve, all of us grasped, but Jesus did not. Instead, he gives of himself. And note that the background for this giving were the gods of his age, the Greek gods and Roman gods who would come down from the heavens and take someone up with them. In giving, Jesus is unique. He's unique against us as humans, but he's unique against the other gods of of the time. And we know also that this was costly for him. When the word became flesh, Jesus took the world's biggest pay cut, from champion of heaven to helpless baby. And that's not the biggest sacrifice he would make, because when he died on the cross, the night before, he said, may this cup be taken from me. Let's be really clear, this was Jesus truly giving something up. If we want to imitate Christ, this is where we get involved. As Jesus humbled himself and gave all that he had, so should we. There's no other clear response here. So, third point, Jesus is calling. Um, Back in The Empire Strikes Back, um, Star Wars, Darth Vader has invited Luke to join him on the dark side. Um, This happens after cutting off his hand. Um, Paul's invitation, on the other hand, is a lot clearer, um, and I've told you it already. Verse 5, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. We know that Christ's mindset is to give of himself, and we need to give like that. Um, Paul's main purpose as he writes to the Philippian church is to present them and also us with an opportunity to participate within the self-sacrifice of Jesus. Um, To do this, he makes an effort to highlight examples of selflessness in the Philippian church. Um, He would later in chapter two talk about um, Timothy, who served with Paul in the work of the gospel, and also Epaphroditus, who almost died for the work of Christ. These guys are really living it. They're living sacrificially. Um, Likewise, in Philippians 1, Paul describes how having his freedom taken away has actually aided the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Paul's highlighting examples of self-sacrifice within the early church and the whole letter to the Philippians is structured um, with this um, the passage which is actually a poem about Jesus um, at the heart of it it's reflecting the way that Jesus is at the heart of their decision to count the cost and give it all for Jesus and again giving is not just about tithing or serving but it's an attitude a kind of all-in kingdom attitude that puts everything on the line, not to earn access to Jesus, but in order to respond to him. So here's four points that should guide us as we seek to give like Jesus. Firstly, give out of an assurance of God's love. For some people it might be news that Jesus lived a life you couldn't, to die a death you deserved. And if that's you, please um, catch me afterwards. I would love to introduce you to him. Um, You actually have the easy job this evening. You don't have to do anything except come as you are and let Christ renew you. And this is a serious invitation. Come as you are to Jesus. But for the rest of us, here's another three points around 
um, how we can respond this evening. Number two, give your best. We're called to offer a sacrifice that's pleasing to the Lord. Romans 12 verse 1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That is, giving everything, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your true and proper worship. So it's not about giving the blemished sheep, but the unblemished lamb. It's the first fruits of your harvest. In order to give like Jesus, you have to give your very best. So give out of an assurance of God's love. Give your best. And the third point, give led by the Spirit. A prerequisite for the whole invitation here to adopt the same mindset as Jesus um, is found in verse 1 of the chapter when Paul says, if you have any common sharing in the Spirit, if you have any common sharing in the Spirit. We're not meant to live like this without the Holy Spirit who equips us as we serve God and as we follow his example. With discernment, the Spirit can even guide us into what we should give. Maybe it's giving up time for a friend or giving up selfish ambition or giving up some unhealthy habit or maybe it is giving financially to the work of the church or you know, somewhere else. Whatever you feel led to give, don't go it alone. The Holy Spirit helps us to give like Jesus. So give out of an assurance of God's love. Give your best. Give led by the Spirit. And fourthly, give joyfully. Um, The writer to the Hebrews, I think we've got this verse, gives us a clue as to what Jesus' motivation was on the cross. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. For Jesus, the joy in his service was reconciliation between God and man. The joy set before him was Steve or Dad. Or the joy set before him was like any individual here who wants to come. Service and joy come hand in hand. Back in Philippians, the word joy appears 13 times as Paul takes great joy in the service of the Philippian church. Paul says, even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. Paul describes himself as a drink offering. The sacrifice system in some ways has continued as he becomes self-emptying like Jesus. He is a living sacrifice. It's not a coincidence that Revelation pictures the blood of the martyrs on the altar because their lives were a sacrifice for their faith. Paul's joy was not conditioned on his um, situation because he was in prison. He was in chains for Christ. Joy is an appropriate response to our giving because pain and despair and death were the result of our taking. To give like Jesus, we need to give joyfully. Just to recap, to give like Jesus, we must know we are loved. We must give good things. We must be led by the Spirit. And we must give joyfully. Our grasping at the fall lets sin into the world and only a self-sacrificing and saviour God could atone for that in full. Jesus was both of those. Grasping at the fall brought us death and despair, 
but giving can bring joy. If the fall was an act of grasping, then what can be better than giving all we have to Jesus, who gave everything he had to rescue us? Um, I'd like to end by reading from Isaiah 53, um, which so closely reflects Christ, the suffering servant, that some Jews won't even read it. Um, And when I finished reading from um, Isaiah 53, um, we'll spend some time quietly reflecting on the suffering servant. In, In particular, ask him, how can I be united with Christ in service and giving? This is Isaiah 53, verse 7 to 12. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer, and though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong. Because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Lord, would you just speak now and tell us the ways in which you want to call us to serve and to give and to be self-sacrificial. In doing so, I pray you would help us to be united with Christ. Amen.